Welcome to our podcast. I am your host. My name is Nicole DeVincentis, aka FigureChick911. And we're in the midst of a phenomenal, it's a series of transformational leadership podcasts. And we've been focusing on this point up to some leadership pearls. How do you command your emotionality to be able to act courageously in the face of fear? How do you maintain your emotionality so that you can be that beacon of light and be able to make order of a chaotic or really grave situation? How do you act as that leader that other people look to? How do you cast a vision forward for other people? How do you get your teamwork to work collaboratively? How do you improve your sales, the performance of your team? the profitability of your of your enterprise how do you cohesively lead your family how do you become the spiritual leader of your family how do you operate as a healthcare professional as a first responder as a public servant you know leadership is everywhere and i get more and more excited about this topic and The more I talk about it, the more ideas are coming and the more questions which are actually coming this way. So quickly, a little bit about me and then we'll get into today's information, which is so, so, so important on this concept of energy. Uh, I am a registered nurse for, it has actually been over 20 years. I can't even believe when I say that. It's not that I feel old, it's like the time has passed by in a blink. And through the course of my career, uh, my, my specialties were critical care, emergency, both medical and trauma. And as you dedicate that much time of your life and invest that much of your life to one thing, you do this in parenthood, you do this if you've been at one job for a period of time, maybe you've played a sport for a period of time, you grow a network. You begin to know people and people recognize you for different traits of yourself. And for me, even though I own the fact that I spent a lot of time acquiring knowledge about the human body, how it performed both in sickness and in health, uh, different medications, different ways to make people better, what I found was I was being recruited and hired into organizations or places that needed a very strong leader. Their ER was in massive chaos. They were having staff turnover. Was, you know, our flight program at the time when I was hired, it did not have an official manager. They needed somebody with a high level of skill who also could be you know, independently uh, operating without supervision and that they knew would be able to move the program forward like there was always these things whether it was helping to you know open up a trauma center I was being recruited out to Brooklyn to help open up a trauma center out there and I say things like that not to impress you but to impress upon you that sometimes you're going through your life and you don't exactly see what's happening until you take a stop and you look back to see like what the F has been going on. And for me, I've been saying this for years. I'm not hired for my nursing expertise. Like all they pretty much like nursing has gone in a different direction where we don't always have excellent people on the front anymore. I I will speak with truth, but I can 100% tell you that yes, I'm a great clinical nurse, but where I excel is actually as a leader. And it took me a long time to really, I guess, recognize that. Like, what does that mean? 
And therefore, when I leave that nursing career, as I chose to do, how do I give back to that industry? How do I contribute just to the betterment of people everywhere who may not be dealing with life or death situations, like like actual life or death situations, but situations that feel like life or death and can be in your own world, whether we're talking about your enterprise, if you're a business owner, whether we're talking about the success of your sales team, we're talking about your marriage or your family, we're talking about your church, your team, the organization, however this translates out to whether how you're championing your health and fitness for God's sakes. I mean, everything, when you view it in terms of missions or goals, everybody operates as a leader at one point in time. And that's what these podcasts are for, are to develop the leader in you based on some of my crazy ass experiences (laughs) as a nurse, because the shit that I tell you, like you literally cannot make this stuff up. If you know any ER nurses, I am seriously like an ER nurse through and through. Like we're very, 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 say it like it is, okay? It's not, do you do drugs, sir? It's what drugs did you do? Or when was the last time you used? Like we don't care how that got in that particular space of your body. We just want to know what it is. Like we don't want to, we don't have time to beat around the bush. We just say it how it is. We have no problems, you know, calling attention to the elephant in the room. We've got a wicked sense of humor. And I'm telling you, once you like chime on to that, and I will do my best not to give you like a lot of like blood and gut stuff, um, but it's actually pretty comical. And that's actually the same tone that I like to use with coaching is that there's a time to have like, you know, nice, you know, massage the conversation sort of a things. But when it's time to get shit handled, you've got to be able to communicate in a very clear fashion, call attention to the elephant to the room, either lay down the law, paint it exactly how it is. Either we did this or we didn't. We achieved this or we didn't. We gave effort or we didn't. We showed up or we didn't. We were on time or we weren't. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's literally that black and white. And when you start to view things in that aspect, man, it saves a lot of bullshit. It saves a lot of drama. You just don't get caught up in it. (laughs) So that's where a lot of my coaching style, I guess, comes from. And it's pretty comedic uh, when you think about it, because you end up laughing at yourself. And at the end of the day, you're just like... (laughs) holy shit, why did I do that? Like, that was so dumb. So, you know, there's a period of time when you go through different elements of what's called personal development coaching. And when you have to heal an area, sometimes that internal work that you're doing, man, it can be hard because you have to accept where you are and your responsibility for why you are where you are. But once you do that and you're committed to improving that stature, and it starts with improving yourself, things become pretty funny because you are, you're able to like look down on yourself like you have bird's eye view and you're like, why am I doing that? This is, that's so dumb. Are you, because many times we're not even teaching you things that you don't know. It's just, maybe you're viewing it wrong. Like you can't see the forest through the trees sort of a deal. And we're able to come in as like that objective third person, like look down and just say, you know, that you're doing this. Oh my God, no, I didn't notice that. So it's, it's super, super fun. And I really 
I really enjoy this element of of being a coach. I love, I know that I have that healing aura. People talk to, tell me this all the time. I have a, a pink aura, whatever that means. And, um, you know, I embrace that. That was a gift that was given to me. But I have to tell you, I got tired of having that healing aura always be in the sickness and the death environment. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you can only be around that shit for so long before you really start to get super, super crusty and you take on a very skeptical view of life. And I didn't, I didn't want to be there forever. And it, it was really for me too, on a very personal note, you know, I worked in an emergency room where people were ridiculously sick. The clientele was a little bit rougher. I worked at a university hospital where the collar communities, you know, not the worst, but definitely a rougher clientele. And you had to show up as, as a soldier, if you would, because if you, if you allowed people to, they would just walk all over you if you didn't show that strength of character. So I know that that built me up and I really had a hard time shutting that off at the end of the day. Like you just have all this adrenaline pumping through you. And it was really hard for me to have relationships with people outside of that space because nobody understood the sense of humor. Um, you know, some of, I, I made a decision that I wasn't going to be dating like firefighters and paramedics like a don't shit where you eat sort of a thing. And so then I started dating. I took recommendations from other people in my family that I needed to get outside of that sector and date other people. So I started dating business people, businessmen, and they didn't get it at all. And they were very turned off by how harsh I was. And it wasn't just them. Actually, this was something that was common to most of us who worked in that emergency room where the spouses always knew you know, where, where we worked. Like some of us worked at different hospitals and they always knew where we worked. Oh, you were at Loyola today. Like I can tell because you're acting like an asshole. And I didn't want that in my personal life. So there was a lot of things that led into my leaving the nursing industry from the get though. I will 100% own the fact that I knew it was never going to be long-term. That was I was not going to do this as a long-term strategy, but I didn't know what the next thing was going to be. So, you know, through that time, I didn't realize that I was building that next platform for myself. I mean, it's really cool. I get so charged up now that I can finally see like, holy crap. All right. This is like, this is fun. And this is cool. This gets me up out of bed in the morning. We can absolutely do this from now until the end of our life. Like it's, it was one of those decisions. And with this one through, you know, being recruited for different leadership positions, if you would, and then being called in as a consultant when I, you know, didn't advertise myself that as that, um, it took a different spin on how I wanted to contribute. Most of the contribution that I've given to the world, if you would, was in, you know, that one-on-one. -on -one. I was taking care of this patient or it was, you know, with their family, they're included in that. Or if I was functioning in the role of a charge nurse, you know, that included my staff and all of the patients in the department. And then as you are in an emergency room for a trauma center and we are involved in disaster response, then you view your level of contribution as that to the community to, in our case, the greater Chicagoland area, and you just acquire more responsibility. 
Now, one of the reasons why I love that organization, it was Loyola, and I talk about it a lot because the things that were granted to us was nursing is primarily a female dominated industry and one of the reasons why I loved working there was number one they had a great value system and it, their their logo is we also treat the human spirit and it's prevalent it's prevalent there you can see it in the people who are there all of us who stay a long time we love our fellow staff members and it, it becomes your your family like your Loyola fam even after you've left that organization it's just a really special place um, but the other thing that was so awesome about being in that space was the fact that you were granted a tremendous amount of responsibility and you were given the authority to back it up so you were allowed to make very high level decisions and were expected to do so because the role that this hospital had in serving not just the immediate community, but how it served in terms of plugging into the greater Chicagoland area, disaster uh, preparedness response that we saw after 9-11. I mean, it was like, it was a big thing. And wow, what a tremendous place to be. Like when you have that level of empowerment and you have the other individuals who are there committed to do the same thing, you're unstoppable. And one of the things that I found, and it was so disheartening, was that once I left Loyola and I was doing what's called agency work, working as like a temporary nurse, um, or I was working in different educational roles, was the level of responsibility was still high. Maybe not to the level of a charge nurse there, but still very high amount of responsibility but zero authority and I made a pact with myself after I left nursing that I was never going to put myself in that position again. Um, it kind of, not kind of, it violates pretty much everything that I stand for. You know, I'm, I'm very traditional in my thoughts when it comes to, you know, how do I say this, roles of men and women in a relationship, I do believe that the, men, the man is the head and the woman shelters herself underneath the man, not so that she becomes this robot without rights or she's got to, you know, walk around, she's not allowed to speak or anything like that. But, you know, I trace, you know, my belief system goes back to things that are outlined in the Bible and that is the man, like if you believe in Adam and Eve, he was designed as the leader. And in my, in my upbringing and my faith journey and my beliefs, I do believe that the man is supposed to be the spiritual leader of the household and that women have to understand that there's this ridiculous word called submission. And when I first heard about this, like, we're going to get back to the podcast about energy, but this is kind of like where this comes from is that I, I refused. I was just like, you know what there, show me a man who is stronger than me and I will submit to him. Like there's no man who is stronger than me. But the one thing that I did learn was that if, whether this is a dating at this time, I'm not married yet. I, I am confident that I will be that there's really only been up to this point, one man who had, I don't want to, I don't know if stronger was the right word. Um, there was only one man that I actually trusted to lead me. How about that? Um, some of the other individuals that I was dating, really, really great men. 
some of them not so great but there were some really great guys in there and my hesitancy in allowing them to lead me it came down to the fact that I knew in my heart of hearts that if you want to say they weren't the one they weren't it I didn't trust their level of leadership um, for a bunch of different reasons, whether it was I felt that they drank too much and I knew that was not going to take us down the right path or I wasn't, you know, neck and neck with where they stood with their faith walk with God, you know, their family value system, um, how they talked about other people, if they're kind, how they treated people who were I guess less than them or you know if they had like a certain position within a company how did they treat how did they treat a waitress if we went out to dinner that was usually a pretty big indicator you know things like that and and that's that I, I took very much to heart and I still operate under that space however when I'm teaching about leadership I make that distinction because I coach couples as well I coach individuals who are moving out of bad uh, divorces. I coach individuals who are having the same results when it comes to their relationships and they're trying to figure out what the F, you know, and, and we help, we assist, and we empower with different knowledge pieces and skill sets on how to become better so that you attract better. Okay, so I make that, that disclaimer early on. But what this has to do, this whole energy series and this whole leadership component ties into making sure we last you know podcast we were talking about uh, energy flows where attention goes and I pointed out a negative example like what do you do when you have something that's consuming your time your energy and your focus and you're trying to like get it out of your head and in that situation you've got to evaluate it and say okay if I try to strong arm this thing and it's not getting any better Perhaps the strategy to utilize then is to really let go and let flow because that's how the nervous system is designed. So if you hadn't listened to that podcast, you can go ahead and do that. So it's entitled, you know, Energy Flows Where Attention Goes. I abbreviated attention. All right. And so then with this one, it made me think of one additional piece that's key to the positive. And it ties in some podcasts that I did uh, in past. And I forget what I even entitled it, but I was talking in some of the earlier podcasts about goal setting. All right. So if you've been listening the whole while, absolutely. I'm one of these coaches and trainers. I will take what's called side steps to fill in a bunch of side information and then I will come back around, scoop up the very first thing that we were talking about. Now you have the whole enchilada and now we can you know, make this thing bigger and better than what we thought. So when it comes to energy, energy flows where attention goes, use this to the positive when you're setting your goals. A lot of individuals will say with their goals what they don't want. Okay, or what they want to lose or get rid of. For example, I want to get rid of 50 pounds of fat. All right, so they'll be pretty clear about that. Or I don't want to live, let's see, 
with broken appliances anymore, okay? So they start listing off the things that they don't want. And in fact, in the very beginning, I instructed you to do this, like list the shit. If you have a hard time figuring out what you want, the instructions were list out what you don't want, okay? I don't want to live, you know, in a house that's falling apart. I don't want to you know, pick lice out of people's hair anymore, working as a school nurse. (laughs) Not that I ever did that before. Um, But um, what else? I don't want to stay in a loveless marriage. I don't want to stay broke or use money as a reason not to do something. I don't want to deal with these stupid employees anymore. I don't. So when you start listing out what you don't want, that's great. Okay. Get it out on the table. Call attention to the elephant in the room. But because energy flows where attention goes, what you must do is actually do what's called a pivot turn or 180 degree difference. Say the opposite. What is it that you do want? Okay. So instead of it being, I want to lose 50 pounds, make it in the positive. Okay. What do you want? I want a tight felt physique or I want an athletic, an athletically performing body. If that's even the right grammar, I don't care if it is or not. Okay. So say what it is that you want. So not, I don't want a loveless marriage. Say what it is that you do want. I want the best fucking marriage on the planet full of love and trust and joy and peace and laughter and growth. Like be specific about it. If you try to like hang on to those really juicy, important details, you're only robbing yourself of what the outcome is going to be. You know, just like if you're playing football or any sport, basketball, you know, pick whatever it is, your goal is not to just kind of like, you know, show up and, you know, we'll just see how this shit goes. Like your goal is to go in there and freaking win, not just the game, but the championship. Like that's the ultimate goal. Okay. And then when you think about it, you're thinking about the celebration. You're thinking about the trophy. You're thinking about if you're in school, you know, people are applauding this or you're thinking about, you know, all of the great things that come along with winning a championship. You know, maybe you're thinking about the Gatorade, you know, throwing it on your coach's head and everybody's jumping and running out onto the field. Like you can see this thing so clearly. That's the same level of intent that you have to have when you're setting your goals. It's not the well, let's just, you know, I hope that we can score one touchdown or I, I hope that I can, you know, maybe I'll be able to get this serve over the net. No, that's not what it is. Is when you're serving the damn ball, like you hope to like freaking ace them out. Like this is what the goal is. Or I hope to smash this ball out of the field or I hope to have a shutout. Like you're that clear. Same exact thing when you're setting your goals. Energy flows where attention goes. So what I'm saying is when you're setting your goals, you're in charge of a project, you don't just want this thing to kind of go. Like you want to have massive success with it. What does that look like? What is it that you do want? Okay? Not, I don't want to be broke anymore. What is it that you do want? Freaking A, man, put a, put a number to it. Okay? How much money do you honestly want to earn a month? For real. 
And don't freaking hold back because what you need to know for my friends who came up with the teaching like I did where, and again, it was, I, I didn't understand how to properly place this teaching. So it was meant well, but the context from me was absorbed incorrectly. It's not that money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money, which is the root of all evil. You can actually be quite wealthy and be a very generous and kind person. In fact, a lot of them out there are. Okay. So what I'm saying is freaking a put a number on it. You have to think about this logically. Like we have this thing called inflation and we have taxes and we have all kinds of things. Everything gets more expensive every single year. Well, if you're making how, how much ever money a month you're making, and, and trust me, as an adult, after I left nursing, I was, <laughs> at one point I had five cents. I'm not exaggerating, I kept the nickel. I have one nickel, I had one nickel to my name. It was crazy. Um, that was all that I was earning at that time. Like, it's, in, it's insane. I don't care how much money you're making. I don't care if you're making $250,000 a year. You want to be thinking bigger about what is it that you do want? How much money do you require? Not just to get by and pay your bills, okay? But to perhaps, I don't know, take care of your family, to establish trust funds, to invest at a higher level so that you can get your money working for you. Okay, something that you're going to have pretty much a guaranteed return on, you're not necessarily just playing a game with it. Okay, so how much money is that? So it's not just what you can buy with it, it's what you can do with that. And I pushed the pedal really hard on that whole money thing because again, a lot of people come to coaching having reached a lid in terms of income production. And what that, if, you, if you've come up through hard knocks, you've come up through poverty times, whether as a child or as an adult, it skews your perception and you can have an improper dialogue with money and that actually impacts what you're able to achieve as either a W-2 paid employee or as an entrepreneur even. Okay, it, it kind of governs how you view the world, that the world is full of abundance or it's full of scarcity. That money dialogue is huge. So put a freaking number on it and then multiply it by like 10. Okay, <laughs> I say that because some people are like, well, if I just can earn $2,000 a month, no, freaking A, freaking multiply it by 10. I would rather have you put this ridiculously high number out there and fall a little bit short of it than give yourself a low ball number. It's like the art of negotiation, right? If you put too low of a thing out there, like, oh, fuck, man, like, that's it? So you want to be sure that you're posturing up high, okay? Be specific about what it is that you want. Energy flows where attention goes. So the key here is to make sure that when you're wording your goals, you're going after what it is that you want, okay? Not what it is that you're trying to avoid. When it comes to human behavior, you've heard me say this before and I'll say it again. There's two things which drive change or human behavior. One is the pursuit of pleasure. Two is the avoidance of pain. If you do things 100% to avoid pain all the time, guess what? You're focusing on the pain point. It's eventually going to come up. Why? Because energy flows where attention goes. It's like freaking Murphy's Law. Whatever bad is going to happen at the worst possible moment or whatever. You know what I'm saying? The, that, that whole Murphy's Law. I forget how it goes, but that you get the meaning. You know what I'm saying? Whatever bad is going to happen. 
shit or whatever it is. Okay, moving on. But you get the point here. So it's important that you word your goals in the positive and list out exactly to the most anal retentive detail that you can of what you want. Energy flows where attention goes. And then all of a sudden, when you start energizing what it is that you want, that helps you create that vision. And that's what pulls you towards it so that when you are needing to take the then action steps, okay, because whatever it is that you want, sure as shit, ain't going to fall out of the sky. Okay, and that includes if you're waiting for your husband or your wife to show up, you have to become better in order to attract better, okay, because you attract what you are, not what you want, all right, so you've got to become better, if you want to have better leadership skills, you've got to become better, all right, the vision will pull you, and then when you're faced with challenges or an increased amount of work, it's going to seem like a non-issue because it's something that you want, you've got this huge emotional tie into it, and that's that's how you can actually start to program what's called your subconscious mind. Okay, flip back. We talked about this in earlier podcasts that your subconscious mind is largely responsible for programming what you believe is to be true. So if you're having a hard time making that mental leap between who you are and, want, and who you want to become, whatever that is, it's the leader, it's the athlete, it's the entrepreneur, it's the husband, it's the wife, it's whomever this is. That's what's going to empower you and and give you the tools to make the jump over that wide gap is the leverage then of the subconscious mind. Like you do not, this has, you don't even have to believe that it's true. Okay. The subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between fact and fiction. It doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. It doesn't understand jokes and it doesn't understand sarcasm. It literally takes you literally everything that you say. So as you start, you know, dripping down and listing out exactly what it is that you want, it starts to recruit your emotions. And now all of a sudden it becomes that thing. Oh my God, I totally want that. Oh my God, I have to have that. Okay, how are you going to get that? Well, I guess what? I got to become better in order to have that because this is way better than me. And I have to become it through and through because guess what? When stress is added one day, if I do not become this better thing, this better leader, this better person, this better husband, this better wife, this better boss, this better coworker, this better worker, this better captain, this better manager, whomever, the mask is going to eventually fall off and I'm going to default back to my old ways. So change actually for me, it's got to be done at the level of the heart sidebar, which is why I usually bring in the role of God in a lot of things because permanent change happens at the level of the heart and there's certain issues that have to be resolved and can only be done with him. One of those things is addictions Two of those things comes into the level of forgiveness and um, relationship reconciliation that you have with other people. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying how it is. I'm just being used as a vessel. Don't kill the messenger. Okay, energy flows where attention goes. So as you're listing your goals, list them out specifically, crystal clear, all of the details, lovely. And focus on what it is that you want. 
Okay, we're closing out for today's podcast. I do not know what tomorrow brings, but I'm sure that we'll have plenty of great things for you. Again, if you have friends who could benefit from this, we are growing organically. Please do refer them or ask them or share this podcast. If you're listening to us up on Anchor, if you're listening through Spotify, iTunes, Google, um, anybody that you feel that you know could benefit from from these lessons, whether this is for personal or professional development. And if you have any questions, do not hesitate to drop them here or, you know, happy to field any questions that you may have. And, you know, we'll use this as our method of paying it forward. So make it a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Mwah.